Today, we're talking with Shannon McCaffrey about how you can market anything with authenticity and integrity. You definitely don't want to miss this one. So don't you change that dial or drop that phone. We're about to level it up and shatter the mold. Question. In a world where groupthink is the norm, others want what you've earned, and thinking for yourself will get a target painted on your back, how do you flip the script and level up your business, your money, relationships, your health, your status, and your life? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan, and it's time to shatter the mold. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Shattered the Mold. Andrew S. Kaplan, really excited to be here with you today. We've got an awesome, awesome guest, and uh, the the stuff we're going to get out of this conversation is going to help you take your business to a brand new level, I guarantee you. But before we get there, first things first, just want to give a quick update on the last Law of Attraction book you'll ever need to read. The book continues to do really well, continues to get five-star rate reviews. It continues to produce a lot of wonderful results from people, as indicated by all the great emails you're sending in. So thanks to everyone who's gotten the book. Thanks to everyone who implements what the book says. And thank you for that extra bit of feedback, letting me know that it's working. In fact, it's working so well, at least on my end, that I've also gotten some nice publicity recently. Uh, you might have noticed I mentioned in prior episodes, it's been featured in USA Today in an article called 20 Reading Suggestions for a New and Improved You in 2021. And in Forbes, in an article titled 21 Books to Read in 2021. If you've not checked the book out yet, now is the time to do so. You can go to lastlawofattractionbook.com, and that'll auto-forward you to the Amazon listing, where you can get it in Kindle or paperback or audiobook, whatever your preferred format might be. But also, if you don't want to pull out your wallet, you can always check out the YouTube channel devoted to it, which is youtube.com slash Cap where I give brand new methods, I feature guests regarding Law of Attraction, and I throw a few other fun things as well. But with that said, let's move on to our guest of the day. Shannon McCaffrey is an expert online strategic marketer, a product launch manager, and the founder of SoulfulMarketing.com. Her superpower is in creating superb online customer experiences, or what we might call marketing funnels, and launching products online, creating over $15 million in profits for her clients over the last 14 years, including huge names like Jack Canfield, Dan Kennedy, and Jeff Walker, among many others. Shannon's unique for most marketers in that she's done a tremendous amount of spiritual and holistic healing work, and she's continued to walk that path each and every day, knowing that we're all part of something bigger than just ourselves. But most importantly, she understands that no two companies are alike, so when you work with her, be ready to be treated like the one-of-a-kind person that you really are, and be prepared for anything to happen when her intuition kicks in and you take off on your unique road to new levels of success. With that kind of intro, I'm sure you're expecting gold today, and I have no doubt that we're going to deliver. So without any further ado, Shattered the Mold warmly welcomes Miss Shannon McCaffrey. Shannon, thank you so much for being here, and welcome to Shattered the Mold. Ah, thank you so much. I, I am incredibly grateful to be here. Yeah, you know, it's it's so interesting because I always have full disclosure in my audience. I always have like a pre-conversation because who just hops on a Zoom call and dives right in, right? You make a little small talk, you... You get to know each other again after a two-week layoff from your last conversation. And right? what we had before I hit the record button was probably oh. just one of my favorite conversations because um, your dog just kind of hopped up on your lap and we got in this conversation about an organization who's basically taking marketing tactics, for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. and using it as a means of eliminating you know, 
kill shelters, if I'm, if I'm saying that the right way. And I guess creating more situations where more dogs are being adopted. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, just because we were talking about that, what a way to kind of lean into our conversation. And I'd invite you to even describe again what you told me about what this organization is and what they're doing, because I think that's a wonderful example of marketing in action to, in, in terms of connecting with someone's passions or or something that they're really behind. You know, it isn't just about selling a, a you know a, a bag of pens not that there's anything wrong with that but it just it goes in ways that a lot of people don't realize so remind me again please for people listening now yeah. what was the organization what were their goals and how did they go about doing that and where's their progress so far you bet i just want to mention something about pens you know there could be someone who's passionately you know who loves pens because they never had them and they love to write so that could be you know it's all about connecting into whatever your your passion is. And so um, the, our organization I've been giving to for a long time is called bestfriends.org. Mm -hmm. They are a, um, a rescue animal organization. They don't just rescue dogs and cats, but they also have all sorts of wildlife and they have a huge property in Kanab, Utah. Um, I've been giving to them for, I don't know, a long time. And recent, I guess it's the last, I don't know if it's 10 years, They've uh, adopted uh, a no-kill shelter for the United States, and I believe it's they want this to happen by 2025. Mm -hmm. um, and um, what they do is they send out these great quarterly little ma magazines when you donate to them. And, you know, what I love is how, you know, because one of the questions that we were talking about, Andrew, was how, that's a huge audacious goal, right, to get rid of kill shelters in the United States by a certain year. And, you know, how have they done that? Or what, what are they doing to enable to do that? Because that's a huge, you know, thing. Yeah, and they so know that. You said 2025. That's around the corner, really. I know, it's around the corner. This right. big of a goal. Like, you know, when you want, if this is a big goal, if you want to lose 10 pounds, well, that's right. ridiculous. But this, for 2025, that is, like, yeah. huge. And you were saying they're 65% along the way. Yeah, I think they are and more. And I apologize. I don't have the right figures. So I apologize to the organization if anybody's watching from that. But I, but I know that what I love about what they're doing is how they have created um, a knowledge base and a, a giving base to all of the local shelters around the United States that want help. So they have gone out to all of the core shelters that have too many dogs and they have to put them down and they have gone in there and they have offered their help and expertise and help in training the staff and help in training and helping them get the word out in their community because one of the biggest issues, you know, with adopt with dogs and shelters is getting the dogs adopted. And the best way to do it is to have the dog somewhat trained and also make sure that you're on social media, make sure you have a way to let people know about the dogs that are, that are in the shelter. Yeah. And, you know, and they have a lot of community um, outreach as well, like certain dog walks they have or, or dog days. And they do like all these sort of local events. Like when I lived in Richmond, Virginia, there was a huge a van that would park in front of the Whole Foods and they would have all, all the key dogs that were being adopted that week and they would bring them all out of the van and they'd have them all outside. This is obviously before COVID. And you could, and while everybody's walking in and out of the store, they go up and see the dogs and they got so many dogs adopted, but who would have mm. thought to do something like that? Who had the funds to do that? And yeah. best friends set up their organization to do that. Now, hearing you say this to me and also combining a couple of things that you said before we hit the record button, what I love about this and the wonderful marketing message that I get out of this is 
that of, well, first of all, they went in and they asked these places, like, what do you actually need? Right. And I think a lot of times it's a wonderful reminder because, yeah, we're no like, let's find out more about our customer and get our customer avatar and, and all these nice big terms, which, by the way, have validity, but it really just comes down to what do you need across the board in any area of life or in any endeavor that you're taking on? They found out what they needed. They found out what their challenges were. They found out, you know, I imagine like, what were the um, the bottlenecks in terms of getting these dogs adopted out? Was it right, about right. training? Was it about presentation? Was it about how to walk a potential animal owner through, you know, through the, through the tour of what's going on? And even like you said, you know, Whole Foods, which is, you know, in and of itself, at least seen as a socially conscious, you know, type of, of place, you know, all about organic food, it kind of mixes in. That's the type of person where you're going to find the type of owner who's going to want to adopt those dogs, who's going to see it. So it's like, they are thinking so dynamically, they're putting the right, you know, the right pieces in place and putting the animals in the right presentation in the right in front of the right people, in order to get this goal, they aren't just shoving a message down people's throats without even wondering or checking if the message is even that right message for the right person. That's what I got out of this as you were describing it to me. No, that's awesome. I love that. And a second or a third idea too, is that they also get the experience, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you get, you get that lot, the experience it live and see the animals and you know, you get, and and they're really good storytellers too. Cause when you read their magazines, they always highlight specific adoption stories you know, and they don't just focus on dogs. Like I said, they have stories about pigs and horses and donkeys and, you know, all sorts of animals, especially like where, where I live right now in Redding, California with all the fires and all the issues that they had with the animals who had to be rescued. You know, so, I mean, there's just so many great marketing lessons from a wonderful nonprofit organization. Yeah. You know, I love it's inspiring it. to me. I love I it. I love that. So, yeah, so I just want to start off with that. And thank you for kind of just bringing that my attention. I'm like, yeah, let's kick off the interview in that way. Now, yeah, sure. with that said, yeah. you know, yeah. here's Shannon coming out with this really cool example. And people don't, at least my listeners don't know who she is yet. So I guess a sensible conversation or a sensible question now to dive into is, you know, about your story. Like, you know, you are a product launch manor, manager slash online marketer. That's a one way to describe you. Obviously, you know, this is about, um, you know, soulful marketing, which we'll get to. But how did you end up? doing the work that you do what kind of brought you in that direction well honestly the the short story is i was in corporate america since i graduated from college and i got laid off after being in corporate america for a long time and it was one of those like oh my god moments like that corporate america had been my life like i didn't know and i've been working since i was 16 i had no idea what to do like i was thinking well how am i gonna they're giving me three months paid leave you know because i you know laid off and i'm thinking how what am i gonna do tomorrow morning you know and thank god i had an amazing coach and i had an amazing support team that basically was like, you know what, you know, maybe this is a gift. And so I used it um, as a gift. But for me, it was a bit challenging because I had been laid off and then I was going through a divorce. And then, you know, the place I was renting, they were not going to sell it. And I'm thinking, okay, how am I going to get a new place when I have no job? So it was a really very stressful time. So what did I do? I took myself on vacation. <laughs> I went, I went to Peru to come in the soulful part i went to peru for 14 days i went with um, a bunch of conscious soulful entrepreneurs and i had some amazing um discoveries and some pretty out outright interesting connections with another side of myself right 
and that that side is the more higher consciousness self and I had a bigger, bigger picture of you know what I could actually do in the world and got out of myself being in this country um, and seeing all these all these people and how you know how they were struggling but yet how they loved their life you know in, in these amazing small towns so um, for me, when I got back, I mean, I had, I had an opportunity and, you know, I took it and it was a way more interesting conscious role as a communicator and marketer. And then that didn't that last about three years. And then finally, after the last time I got laid off, I had my amazing, um, coach at the time who called me up and said, don't do it. Don't go back, mm-hmm. you know, come, come work with me. I will show you the ropes and I will help you create an amazing marketing business if that's what you want, if you come help me with mine. And that's what I did. And that was 14 years ago. Yeah, I'm curious. You mentioned the coach who was there with you when you were laid off from that first huge job yeah. in corporate America. Yeah. Was this you just, you know, in, in, on a, I guess, on a mission of self-discovery and self, uh, self-improvement and personal development that you'd already were working with a coach you know, outside of your regular nine to five life or am I misunderstanding? Oh, that's a great question. You were so insightful. Um, what happened was uh, at the time, it was 1998. I worked for a company called, a little company called Simon and & Schuster. And <laughs> Just a little at, one. <laughs> at, and at that time, I was a director of international marketing. At that time, the company was being sold to a bigger company called Pearson, who was based in the UK. And I, my office is around the corner from this gentleman who was running the technology for the whole company at the time. And, you know, I was, I was becoming more and more stressed about what was going on. And my office is right next to the bathroom and he kept popping in and I started this great conversation with him. And I came back, it was when I came back from a trip to Australia and I was so exhausted and I was at, I was at my last straw, not knowing, you know, what I was going to do next. And he said, you know, I have a coach I want you to talk to. And he actually told me a week ago, but I never did anything because, you know, as an entrepreneur, you know, do it. He walked into my office. He picked up the phone. He handed it to me. He dialed her number and said, here's what you're going to tell her. And, and, and I said, and I did it and we hung on the phone and he left. And then she called me that afternoon. I swear to God, I don't even remember what I said. That's how stressed out I was. And I was able to get with his guidance, I was able to get the company to help pay for her to help me through the transition. And Mm. I was able to have the company continue to to pay for her to work with me several years after that. And then of course, after I started my own business, I just continued working with her. That that's amazing. You know, it's, there's so much, even as my brain's going through it, there's so much that came out of this, you know, the past couple of minutes that, that people can kind of like learn and glean from. First of all, you know, this layoff was not fun, but even as you described that you were already stressed out, you were already on your last legs. It sounded to me like it was a welcome thing that you would never would have welcomed in the sense that who wants to have their life kind of fall apart. But by that same token, there was almost like a blessing in disguise, even in that moment when it was stressful. And what I find really interesting was, you were given the tools and the resources in order to make, uh, I guess, a comeback, mm-hmm. even before the event itself happened. It's almost like, you know, obviously we're going out into the territory of my book here, but it's like, I love it's like it. the universe no, is teeing you up. You know, the universe is like, listen, Shannon, there's, there's better things on the way for you. You can still use your talents. You can still be a marketer. You know, you don't have to be... Um, some guru or some esoteric airy fairy not that there's anything wrong with that no, but no, you know here here are the tools here's what's going on and what i also found interesting is 
you didn't just go into your business right away. You went to, if I understand right, you went to one more job with corporate America, which I think is another thing for people to hear because sometimes, you know, life kind of knocks you on your ass and you expect that first move to be the one where there might be two or three more moves. I wasn't ready. Yeah. Right. You know, and I knew it and, and I needed, you know, my, my relationships. Well, and also this, this isn't an also ran, but in between all that, I actually was coming out as well. So that, I mean, it was, so I had a lot of things going on at that time. Right. So, yeah. you know, in my relationship, so it's like, okay, how do I come to terms with that? Like coming out to your family and your friend, it was just like, that was uh, the icing on the cake. So for me, I needed to have some stability and just being, being able to get another job in corporate America. And actually that's another story in itself. Like, like when, when that happened and I went away to, to Peru and I came back, um, I actually did a bunch, I mean, I would admit it, I sat since I've been meditating since then. And what happened was I had this mantra that I'm going to find the perfect house for my dogs. I had two dogs at the time at, you know, and the job, and I was going to have it all by November 1st. And that's exactly what happened. Seriously. Mm. And, And it all happened because of that coach. I told you about who told me not to go back to corporate America. It so happens he was moving because he was, he ended up having relationship with the coach he recommended to me, unbeknownst to me, the two of them ended up getting married. He was moving to Boston to be with her. I was in New Jersey. So his, his apartment was available and he was able to put a good word in for me. And then the job he left was where we worked. He put in a good word for me there and I got that job. So basically I got the job not his job, but a job in the department where he left. And then I got his apartment. Mm-hmm. It was like, you know, it was, um, you could like, you can't make this up. Like, seriously. It's, it's, it's funny how things, you know, the, sometimes they come apart, but they also fall together in, oh. in a certain way. And, you know, even hearing, I mean, there's only so many legs that the table that is your life can stand on. And when there's relationship issues and apartment or house issues, like, you know, uh, residence issues and job issues and you know just everything coming together I mean obviously it makes perfect sense that one you kind of found stability quick to kind of deal with it all and, and better manage it but a lot of times it's almost like life will throw a lot at you all at once to kind of get you in that new path really quick rather yeah. than some gradual 10-year process where yeah. you strip away layers taking longer and wasting more time yeah actually that's a really good point I love that yeah definitely yeah. Like for me, it's like, it was, it was a long time ago, but I went through like, I tell people the story. I went through like a week where I felt like 90% of my life went away, where I lost a three-year relationship in my first business. And wow. there was a six month period where I got a lot, I got everything back and then some through, you know, the, the things I teach in my book and this and that, but it was one of those things where it was not fun at the time. I went through one or two more of those. And each time I just, you know, I came back stronger and better because I chose to use it as an opportunity rather than a reason to fall apart because you know it's there's only you got to make a choice one way or the other you might as well take the healthy one right well right well i have a question for you mm-hmm. if you had an opportunity to do this all again would you do it any would you would you do any of those experiences like would you do it any differently than what you did so if i could wave a magic wand and make the earlier version of myself actually be able to learn from mistakes and, and even take my <laughs> advice, I would do it. But if he is That's not going to listen, if he's going to be stubborn and I have to suffer through, <laughs> at least it got me to this place. I'd much rather save him the pain, but if he's not going to learn his lesson, then that, that's my best answer to it. But that goes 
with this and then go with what, you know, some of what we're talking about is my belief, because I would say I would most, for the most part, do everything that I did only because I really like where I ended up. Like I know, like I know upset equals access to like Mm. a higher part of myself. And unfortunately, the way that I, I think, you know, how I am in the universe is, like in order for things, things have to be shaken up inside of me sometimes in order for me to see, like yeah. if I would say all the stuff that happened to me, you know, me coming out, ending a marriage, all that stuff, it was a way for me to be woken up because I was definitely sleepwalking through my life in my thirties. Like, you know, I was drinking a lot. I was doing stuff like I wasn't, I was just like this. You know, it wasn't until I met this coach that I, that I understood what self-care was, that I started reading Marianne Williamson, you know, and and returned to love and looked at the course of miracles. And I started going to like Kripalu and and Omega and these institutes to learn more about, you know, self-discovery. And if it wasn't for those things that happened to me, and and that's, you know, it's probably the way that I was set up when I came here on this planet, that I needed to have those things happen to me in order to like, you know, get me to say, Shannon, you know, (laughs) It's like wake up. Yeah, wake up. Wake up. This is this is something better for you. Wake up. Yeah. Now the interesting thing, and something that people would not know listening to this conversation thus far, you know, that I know already because we had a a conversation prior to this, is you know, this you know, life discovery part notwithstanding, you are a brilliant marketer. Like you you. that's my opinion. You know your stuff. Again, based on what we've spoken about and how you've described things someone comes to you they're they're going to get help and before we even get to like what people yeah. come to you for specifically i did want to ask you you know you again define yourself as like the soul a soulful marketer that's what you put yeah. it so just for people listening what what's the thought process that came into that specific description and okay. how does that kind of inform what you do well the the thought process came um after some of the experiences that I described and really working with a lot of the top online marketers out there and learning some really great tools and realizing that they are so many, so many people that I think are underserved in the marketplace. And a lot of them happen to me in my experience, people in the health, wellness, healing, you know, spiritual, you know, type of folks who, who need help. And, and there, and there are many other folks out there, but I want to work, with more conscious entrepreneurs, because my belief is that when you're aligned, right, when when you're happy and you are, you love the work that you do, you're connected to your soul, right? And the goal of your soul is to be satisfied in your work and in your life. And Mm -hmm. when you don't work, do work that fills you up, that you will be dissatisfied in a lot of areas in your life. And so that. that has been my experience. And so when I, when I look at marketing and when I look at all the great tools that we have out there, I have a different shift in perspective because I like to bring this more into the holistic part, part of the person and, and consciousness. So, you know, it's not just, Hey, you know, we got to define your dream client. It's like, let's go deeper. You know, like, like what is, what are the core values that you have about yourself and your life and your work? right? Let's write those down and then look at, look at, okay, then who do you want to attract and the core values of your clients? Like one of mine is I want to work with people who, who know to put relationships first over money, 
Mm -hmm. right? Because I mean, relationships is really what, you know, working is about. Like, like why, you know, it's not about, Hey, I need to, I need to, I need money. So I need to work with this client, even though I don't believe in what they do or believe, you know, and who they are, but I'm doing it for the money. Well, that's the horrible, most horrible reason. And ask me why I know that (laughs) I've done that. (laughs) I'm going to first start it out. That never works out ever. So it's about really being attracted and, and, and that's how you can be more attracted and attractable to those types of people when you know those kinds of things. Like, yeah. like having a list uh, of who you want to attract and who you want to work for as your ideal client put or your dream client, whatever you want to call it, and put it on your computer and read it every day. And it's not just, you know, it's not just, you know, having demographics. It's about core. You know, you want people who are inspired and love what they do, who have a message, who have you know, core beliefs and strengths and things that, that, you know, you can get behind and you know how they can make a bigger impact in the world. Yeah. It's, it's about showing up as your best, truest, most authentic self, not only for the fact that you're actually going to be happier in your life, which is the most important reason, but also with the understanding that that's actually the key by which you have a better business, by which you attract more business and more money. Again, even money, money doesn't have to be the priority, but it can come in an explosive way. Of course. You've solved this first, as opposed to trying to shoehorn it into your life and your business. Right. I mean, we need money to survive. I mean, I'm not, neither of us are saying that money isn't important. We get that, but the the sole reason, and I think, and you could probably say it better than I can, because all the books that I have read about the law of attraction and all of the experiences that I've had with law of attraction, especially the book I told you about, the the 40 days, is it 40 days of abundance? John Randolph. Yeah, I think, uh, oh, John Randolph, I think he wrote the abundance book where it was like 40, 40 days of prosperity. Yeah, when I did that at the Lark and I and I made fifteen thousand dollars in forty days, I was like, okay. And his sole thing is it's not about the money. It's about what you have and the connection that you have to the to the outside to the to the other non-physical. I mean, I don't want to make this sound too woo-woo, but but when you when you have a connection to your higher self or your higher consciousness, you know, and when you know that that consciousness is, is then connected to whatever your purpose is, money's going to flow. You don't focus on the money. Mm-hmm. You focus on what your purpose is and how, and, and it will bring it in. I mean, yeah. I know it's not that simple. You can say it better than I can, but you know what I mean? You know what I'm trying to say? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because, you know, you've worked with some big names. Again, Jack Canfield, Dan Kennedy, Jeff Walker, people that understand these niches understand those names. Like, wow, that's impressive. And um, I guess my question to you is, is what we're talking about right here, right now, how you connected with them? Or is there another piece of this that um, that helped you, I guess, land their business or, or make connections oh, you know, with, them inter- work with them? Yeah, that's great. I love it. Well, uh, well, the way I landed their business was through the coach I told you about. Mm. Um, his name is Rob Berkeley. And, and sadly, he uh, he died two years ago from cancer. Mm. Um, and he was in at the time when it was Glazer Kennedy insider circle, he was in Bill Glazer's mastermind group. So he was with a lot of these folks and I always attended their events with him. And that's how I was able to meet them. And he gave, uh, he just gave me a good word to one of them. And then all I had to do was, you know, meet one, like, let's say, actually I met Jeff Walker through someone else, but I, I kept running into him at meetings and it, we just hit it off and we started working together. And that's the other thing. It's not just connecting, you know, through someone that you know very well, but it's also being seen a lot. And now with COVID, it's hard to do that. Um, 
or unless I mean, unless we're trying to make this thing evergreen, so I guess we could scratch that. But well, no, hey, let's. I, it's I actually it's a good point. We're we're yeah. skipping ahead, by the way. I had a game plan to ask you about, you know, yeah. pre-COVID and post-COVID and, and what to do. But oh, I'll, I mean, I'm oh getting, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so I guess to kind of finish this for you, it's clear. I mean, you had somebody who who was really there for you in your life, and then the mm-hmm. only thing that you had to do, you know, not to blow smoke, is just be awesome and not, not screw it up, not Not screw anybody over in the group. Because like, you know, you meet one person in groups like that, groups of those people are givers. No matter like, you know, some people on the outside looking in, they're like, Oh, they're big successes. They don't care, blah, blah. No, they do care. And they're givers. And I think if somebody does get you into that group and you meet one person and you just get along and and you don't demonstrate that you're a bad person, you are automatically going to, I mean, obviously again, you want to make sure that you're doing the right thing, but you're going to go a lot faster in the sense that you are now in a group of people that believe in expansion and abundance. And they're always looking to help others as long as it's clear that the others are learning from that and taking that and putting good out into the world as well. No, I totally, I totally agree with you. And I, and yeah, I mean, and that's why the two of us, I'm sure are here too. I know we're both really big givers, but, but to just put a cap on that and the, on the, the last part of that question was you know the, the the reason that I'm 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 with the audience that I am and I've become more soulful is because after working with all those people as internet marketers I decided I wanted to work with more conscious entrepreneurs some of them were but some of them weren't but it was more of a fuel for they gave me the basics to find myself right mm-hmm. to be really connected and who I really want to work with mm-hmm. I love that and you know, jumping off of that and onto, uh, I guess, a middle of an answer because we were talking of like, you know, pre-COVID, post-COVID. Oh, yeah, hopefully, yeah. being optimistic, we're hopefully going to be heading out into. Um, or I'm hoping we're gonna we're gonna get past it. I guess you know what changes have you noticed that you are helping people implement, and what isn't going to change? Like, is there like what? Speaking of evergreen, oh, what good, are the yeah. evergreen th- things that work regardless? And okay. I guess how do we reconcile all that? Well, I think the evergreen things that are going to work regardless or are going to be relationship, relationship, relationships. I mean, I think the thing is right now that will help anybody that's, that's listening is to continue connecting with people, whether it's just your, your close network of people or people that are on your list. And, and I mean, connection in the way of being um, like talking to them like you are over a cup of coffee. You know, I, I took a, a course la- the late part of last year called Story Skills. You know, it's a Seth Godin, Bernadette Jiwa. Highly recommend that course. And it really helped me um, hone in my skills of storytelling. Mm-hmm. And I started using it to my list. And I've gotten so many great, so much great feedback from that. Because, you know, I mean, we all know, you know, storytelling, you know, is a thing, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you hear all that all the time. But when you really start looking at the intricacies and nuances of telling a story, um, it's pretty amazing um, when you when you break that down. Um, anyway, and so, you know, I think what's never going to go away is your, your ability to be able to connect to your audience in an authentic and real way. Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't start every email off with, oh my God, you know, COVID, but I do start off saying, hey, here's what happened to me today. And here's what, what, how it shifted my beliefs. And I'd love to hear what you think, you know, so it's more of, you know, it's trying to, you know, and then you can't go with the other route either. Like, you know, actually COVID is, is now in, is in one of the top words when I go through my spam filter. Like I can't even use it anymore because it's so spam now. It's hilarious. Yeah. Um, but I think it's all about, you know, keeping in contact and connection. And it's also mail too. Like I have a stack of books 
that that I've extra. Like I don't know how I end up two copies because sometimes when I'm in Amazon, I forget. You know, I, I ordered it twice, and I'm like, oh no, <laughs> you know. And now I got two, so I mail it to people. Like I think you know, one thing we forget about the mail. I mean, it's really inexpensive, and I mean, people love getting things in the mail. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not. Didn't you see? There's a great meme about Amazon. Like Amazon's. You know, Amazon's like, you know, the ice cream, you know, machine, you know, the ice cream truck used to be He's the Amazon truck, right? Yeah, like we, we love seeing that box with a smile on it. It, right? kind of, it gives us a little, uh, I guess, endorphin or whatever. It's like there's a chemical reaction in our brains. There is. Yeah. You know, but I think and, and being having consistent communication, right? I mean, it's like you, you can't just disappear. You know, and, and the same thing on social media. And we all know one of Dan's favorite things is you can't just have one way to communicate with people. You have to make sure that you're doing it on a multiple, multiple ways of communication. Yeah, um, and I think, sure. it, you know, and I think one of the challenges is how can you be more visible? I mean, there's a lot of noise out there. And, you know, one of the things that my business took a small hit last year was I was incredibly visible. I would be, I'd travel probably every month or every other month. I was involved in mastermind groups. I was involved in some coaching groups. I went to some industry events and, you know, because I wasn't out there and that was actually one of the strategies I tell consultants to use is always go to an event every year consistently and you will start picking up business. Every time I would travel, I would pick up clients. And so since I wasn't traveling, I had to work harder to pick up clients. And so I had to go to virtual events, a lot of events like Jeff Walker's event, like, um, uh, Ryan, uh, the Ryan, Ryan Dice's digital marketer event. I mean, there's another one. Oh yeah. Russell Brunson. A lot of them are all going, you know, Tony Robbins are all going online doing virtual events, which is awesome. You know, and what I love about those events is when they have the breakout rooms, mm-hmm. they're doing something beautiful. Like they're selling VIP tickets, right. For people who want to pay more to get access to those types of rooms where you can network with people. Yeah. Um, and I found that that's an incredible way um, that you can do it, but it is, it is a bit harder. And unless you start really building your list and continue to build your list of, of hot prospects, you're going to run into some, some issues. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a way to do it intelligently and strategically when you are remote. However, once things again, hopefully get better, I believe it's still strategically better at least some of the time to be in person face to face. There's something about mail versus email there's something about someone in front of you versus through a zoom screen you know it's like it's weird like we don't even know how tall the other one is there's (laughs) there's something about when you're standing in front of someone and you're sizing them up for better or worse and you're making judgments and determinations and having opinions it it creates a bigger imprint on your mind it really does and then when it's because it's more of an intimate experience it's experience the way because yeah you're standing there and you're looking them right in the eye and you can see them and you can you know and they you know and they have cologne on or whatever you know what i mean like you can there is there is definitely you know a human you know um aspect to have being being with someone in person oh yeah like even this conversation which i'm loving by the way if i were in your home right now it would be very different because i'd have your dog on my lap scratching (laughs) ears the whole time And we can get like, oh, I'm, I'm having a conversation with a dog whisperer here. He's not even a podcaster. Like, what's going on? <laughs> I love it. She's awesome. So, um, so we haven't spoken about this part yet. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but my yeah. understanding is that where you specifically serve people really powerfully is through like product launches, right? Like mm-hmm. that's where yeah. a lot of the heavy lifting is done. And I guess my question is like, you know, are there any 
Are there any aspects of a product launch that people should be thinking about that they mm-hmm. just don't or something that they, they heard about or they gloss over? Like what is a, a secret sauce or just a ninja move or just something people should really be on top of that they're usually not that can make a huge impact on their product or service launches? Okay. That is a really, that's a great question. So, I mean, there's so much that I could say. Um, I, I think one of um, one of the things that I have developed in working on so many high profile product launches is I've developed a system like seven steps that mm-hmm. I walk all my clients through. And I think if you're going to do a launch, either developing your own system or using somebody else's would be really helpful because most of the people that I work for are familiar, obviously, with launches, you know, and, and I don't I don't work with people in launches to help them create a business. I mean, that's something that Jeff Walker does. It's not, it's not really biz op people I want to work with. I, I usually work with people who already know what a launch is, maybe tried one, maybe have just program, you know, and they really just want something simple and they just want me to walk them through some strategies and things that will help make a bigger impact. So I think one of the areas where I, um, in my experience, people fall down on is uh, is, is in defining who their client is, which we talked about already, you know, because mm-hmm. defining their client isn't just a demographic. Like if like if we go deeper, the deeper we go into knowing who your client is, and I would highly recommend everyone listening to this call, if you haven't done a survey to your audience, you do one now. I mean, and there's specific questions that you can ask them. You know, basically you want to get it to the heart of what their biggest frustration, what their biggest problems are, what, what you know, what keeps them awake at night. I mean, you got to get really in so that you can, you know, so that you can really, you, it's, it's all for develop your copy, right? And the more you know about them, the easier your copy will be to write and the easier for you to get your core messaging. Yeah. Um, and another th- issue that people have is there, is they get stumble, they stumble upon their offer, you know, creating an offer, there's an art to it. Um, and, and there's a science to it as well. An offer isn't just, you know, Hey, you know, I'm going to sell my book, you know, and then I'm going to create, you know, a course and that's where I'm going to sell. It's like, no, 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 no. I mean, for your offer, we have to, not only do we have to, we have to talk about what your book is. We have to talk about the three things they're going to get from your book, but we also need in your offer, we've got to really hone in on all the features that you're giving away and what are the benefits, right? And then we have to talk about bonuses because if anyone on, on this listening to this does not have bonuses, you are really, you know, hurting yourself and leaving money on the table yes. and you have to have at least three. And, and in my experience, um, I have had launches where probably half the people who bought the product only bought it to get to the bonuses and something brilliant that I learned from Dan Kennedy is that those 50%, probably maybe 25 to 30 uh, bought it for the bonuses because they helped solve a problem or an objection that they had to whatever they were buying, mm. which, which is a very nuanced thing. So when you're creating a product or a service or a course, always be thinking, or what are the objections that people have? To, to buying this and can we create a bonus that'll address that objective a really good um example is if someone has a, a course like a russell brunson on funnels it's like well that's great i can create a funnel but how the hell do i build my list well guess what there's your bonus 
you know, here's a bonus course on how to build your list because that's going to be objective to buying click funnels. It's like, well, I can create all these funnels, but how do I get people in there? Right. Mm -hmm. So and that's something that a lot of people don't talk about. And, you know, so yeah. your offer is really important and your offer can make or break your launch. I love that. Thank you for bringing it up. There, there really is something to it. And sometimes people get lucky and they just intuitively put together a yeah. good offer with good bonuses. Sometimes yeah. people like luck into it, but oftentimes I believe they're, you know, you're right. Have at least three, but in the middle of whatever bonuses you have, there might be one or two that if you put them in there would send things over the top because maybe those one or two are knocking out the one or two top objections that kept the person from like buying to begin with. And right. I, I thank you for bringing that up because that's like one of these unspoken, really um, key golden insights that most people, thank you for bringing up because most people don't talk about that. Most people don't put that in front. They just don't think to, to, to put it out there, but it is such a key. And when you really force yourself to make a good offer, it also forces you to crawl deeper into the head of your, your, your prospect or your mm -hmm. customer. It forces you to also refine your values more. Like having a good offer doesn't just mean a good offer. It's forcing you to examine other things more closely that right. will amplify your business, your life, how you show up, how right. your customers receive you, how you help them. It's just like, it explodes through that one piece, that one vital piece. It goes everywhere. It cascades. So mm -hmm. again, thank you for, answering my question in such a brilliant oh, yeah. way hey so and and to just to capitalize on the whole bonus thing um one of the uh one of the things that i'm trying to oh i just lost a thought don't you hate that um is that i i actually did send you a bonus idea generator i don't know if we can we can certainly share that if you want with your listeners i yeah. think it was really helpful but i mean when you're looking at your at your offer um, I mean, a lot of people don't think about like, how do I figure out what my bonuses are? And mm -hmm. oh, I know what I was going to say is I would challenge anyone listening to make a list of all of your assets. So what mm -hmm. do I mean by that? Like, look at all the things that you have created, get an assistant. And like, I had one client I work with who had his assistant um, go through YouTube and, and basically on an Excel spreadsheet, write down all the videos he had and all the subjects that he had on those videos right? All the articles that you have written on your blog, and maybe you can create something from the material that may be out, out there already, but it's not put together in a format that could be incredibly useful, and it could be a whole new tool. I love that. I love that. I've done that, by the way. I, I, had, a, oh, a book, I had a book on Amazon. I won't even give the title because it's not there anymore. I, I unpublished it. Oh, um, wow. And it was very, it didn't get a lot of reviews, but the reviews that it got, it was very well reviewed. It was a very oh. short book. And I thought, you know, well, it's not getting a lot of sales. I'm not doing a good job of marketing it, but the content is good. What if I took it off Amazon and repurposed it Ooh. as something that I offer for a very affordable price? after people get my bonuses on the book that is receiving attention and it perfectly backs it up. It's like, it's on meditation. So I was just like, let me repurpose this in a healthy way. That is fantastic. I love that. Yeah. Um, and then I have one more. So there's three. So the third one would be one of the other biggest challenges people come to me is, is how, or what are like, what is the vehicle? Like, how do I map out my launch path? 
Mm. You know, do I do like a four video type launch? Do I do a docu-series launch? Do I do a webinar? Do I do, you know, like how, how do I get the word out? I mean, what, what path do I take when I'm doing this 10 day, 12 day launch? You know, I mean, you could, you know, people can, you can, you can do a, a typical book launch. What does that look like? You know, and the way that I figure it out and the way that I work with my clients is I actually do it based on pricing mm. because determining and I call it determining their investment because I don't look at things as a cost and, and whatever. And I, and I would encourage anyone listening to this, do not like when you're trying to sell something, don't ever say, you know, you're going to buy this. It's all about investing because especially if they're investing in a course or something that will better themselves, it's an investment in you and in themselves. Um, but when you look at the pricing, um, that's because you don't want to kill a mosquito with a cement block, right? So if you have a, a $55 product, you don't really need to do a webinar. You could probably just sell it all based on an ad and on a great offer sales page, you know, upsell, right? Mm -hmm. But if you're, if you, but if your price point is over, I say over the limit of 150 or more, right? Up to about three grand, you could sell it on a webinar. Right. And I think over three grand, you, uh, you set a webinar, you can sell it on like a four video type launch, three video type, like Jeff Walker launch. And if it's over three grand, I think you really need to get them on a phone call in mm. my experience. Um, yeah. that, that's just based on the launches that I've done. I'm sure there are many other formats and ways that people figure this out, but that's just a format that's worked for me and my clients. So I love it. I love it. Oh, so much insight there. Now you were talking about, um, I guess, hooking up my, my listeners with, with something. If, if oh, you yeah. want to, is yeah. there um, a website they can go to for that, that, um, that puts a little bit of, I guess, a good spot um, or did you want, what? like I can put it on the site, but if there's some place where they can opt in for you, I think that might. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, if anyone wants to, I have a checklist or you can actually see the seven steps because I didn't walk through them all, but you know what? It, it's it's all available on my on my website. Just go to soulfulmarketingsystem.com. Awesome. Awesome. Soulful yeah. And you can and you can just opt into the checklist. And and if and when you get on my list, you'll have my email. So certainly if you want the bonus, I'm happy to to send it to you. It's uh it's just called uh the bonus idea generator. I'm happy to shoot that over to you. I love it. And what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna take that link that you just gave me, I'm gonna put that in the, um, I guess the description on shatterthemoldpodcast.com by this oh, episode. Cool. And yeah. I'm going to put it in the, uh, the YouTube description link. That way people can oh. click on it. They'll get there. Did you, uh, did, oh yeah. Okay. No, mm -hmm. that's totally fine. Yeah. Got I was going to say, and, but I was going to say, while we're on that topic, if people yeah. want to connect with you, is that also the best website or is there a different website we want to point them to? Um, well, I'll, no, that's the best website, but mm -hmm. because of all the books I've read this year, I have another one I yeah. created booksyougottareed.com. So if you had any avid readers out there who are interested in some nonfiction business, you know, and spiritual type personal development books, if you go to booksyougottareed.com, you can, you know, it's just, a, it's a, you know, there's no opt-ins or anything on the site. It's just more of insights on reading because, you know, like Andrew, I'm, I'm, I'm an avid reader reading at least two, three books a month if I can. Right. Mm. So I love it. I love it. So, um, wow, you've, you've been so generous in, in these brilliant golden nuggets here of wisdom. So I guess, um, to wrap things up now that people know how to, to reach you and, and I imagine I've learned a lot from you here, um, kind of like a, a sideways version of the question you asked me before you asked me if, uh, if I could change things instead yeah. of that, I'm going to ask you if there was one piece of advice oh. that you can go back 10, 15, 20 years in the past 
and give an earlier version of Shannon. Like, what is the piece of advice that you would share with her? Oh my gosh. Um, the piece of advice I would give to her is, um, actually it's not, it's not like advice. It's more of, I would have her be able to ask for help earlier and give her more courage to be able to stand up for herself. Mm. Oh. And, and, and to really believe in, in, in what she was trying to do. And, you know, it's like having the courage. Cause that was the two things that I, that I had difficulty in is being able to ask for help when I needed it and really having the courage to stand up and be who I was. I love it. And for those listening in case um, for a few of you that, that it's, you know, the connections aren't being made here. I asked this question of Shannon and other guests. So that's their way of giving their best advice to you right now in case you need to follow it. And I think, that you just gave some wonderful advice for some people. And um, I just want to say, Shen, thank you so much. It's been a wonderful conversation. Um, really, we went, I knew that for me, it was going to be a challenge. Like if Shannon has like, a, like you know, 1000 nuggets of golden wisdom, how do I pull the right ones in enough time to really make this a, as huge an impact as, as possible? And I think, um, you know, you've just given so much. Thank you so much for being here with me. And thanks oh, for sharing with my audience. Oh, you're welcome. It was my pleasure. Thank you, Andy. Thank you again, Shannon. That was a wonderful, wonderful interview. And really all the nuggets of wisdom that you gave are are highly appreciated. Guys, you definitely want to check out the links that I'm going to be including in this interview. Shannon's really dropping a ton of value here. So uh, I'll have those in both the YouTube description if you're watching this on video or just where the episode resides at shatteredamoldpodcast.com. And of course, quick reminder, you want to check out my book, The Last Law of Attraction book you'll ever need to read if you haven't done so already. That's at lastlawofattractionbook.com, or you can check out my YouTube channel devoted to it at youtube.com slash Cap. Also, if you haven't done so already, pull out that phone, hit that subscribe button, leave a quick, honest, written review, and stay tuned because there are more awesome guests on the way very, very soon. I will see you next time. Thank you for listening to Shatter the Mold at www.shatterthemoldpodcast.com. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan, and it's time to shatter the mold.